Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. We remember and honor the Anzacs, but we also need to uh, look at some of the spirit and qualities of the Anzacs. I want to share a few amazing qualities that were shown in our Anzac troops and uh, throughout uh, the decades since. And uh, because we need that spirit as we fight today for our families, as we fight in our nation against drug addiction and and violence and suicide and selfishness and materialism. There are so many battles that are raging across our communities, our families and our nation. And we need to take some of the spirit that our Anzacs have displayed. I want to share a few of those today with us so that we can stand up and fight and see the victories won. And the Bible gives us different pictures of the church. Um, It calls the body of believers. And one of my favorites is the family of God. We love the church. It's a family where everyone can belong. It talks about a building of living stones. Look at the living stone beside you. We all belong. We're built together. And then it talks about an army of soldiers fighting for the kingdom of God against darkness. And the Salvation Army was birthed by the vision of Captain William Booth and others through the Holy Spirit to fight and overcome evil and darkness and poverty and all those things. And I believe God wants to stir us up as the army of the living God. Us Aussies, sometimes we just cruise along, we're fairly passive and we don't really get stirred up. But today I want to stir your hearts with the quality of the Anzac fighting spirit as believers today in 2021, because there's a lot of battles going on in our nation for the heart and soul of people and we need to have the, the fire of God and that courage in our hearts. And I'm a soldier in the army of God. Let's look at some of the qualities. Number one was courage. Courage. Courage is not the absence of fear, it's facing fear and walking through. And uh, our Anzac showed incredible courage. Anyone who has uh, read or seen um, the stories, Joshua 1 8 says, Have not I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. It's not an option. Oh, if you feel like it, it's, it's a command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now this is um, spoken to Joshua as he's about to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. And God speaks to us today. Come on, be strong, be bold, be courageous. And it says, I'll be with you wherever you go. And I heard one preacher say, if you're not going anywhere, are we sure God's with us? And I want to encourage you, let's be going and doing what God's called us to do and to be by our lives. And He promises His presence with us. And when you know He's with you, then you can face anything. When you're aware that God's with you, you can face all sorts of things that can come against us. So how do you have courage? Number one, you've got to face your fears. Just keep facing our fears. Fears of, am I good enough? Or if I step up and and serve in that area, am I going to be accepted? Hey, let's just face our fears. They did a survey of people that were, I think, that had turned 80 years ago. And they said, if you're going to uh, do anything different, what would you do? And they said, we'd take more risks. They said, we let fear slow us down and stop us from doing some of the things we dreamed about or believed could happen. Nearly all of them, that was their highest answer, we would have taken more risks in life. I think, wow, fear can just hold us back in so many areas and in leadership and in ministry. Come on, let's step up and be what God's called us to be. 
Courage comes when you have a clear purpose. When you know what God's called you and gifted you to be and do, your relationships, your career, your ministry, whatever. Come on, let's have a clear vision. If you don't have a clear vision, seek God until you get it because then you'll have purpose in your life. So courage is to face your fears, have a clear vision, a purpose. And number three, know Jesus personally because Jesus was the most courageous man who has ever lived And he still lives in you by his spirit. So the closer you are to Jesus, let me tell you, you'll have courage to face any situation around you. When you get a bit more distant and you're hiding in the shadows and he's not as close in your heart, you will let fear rule you more. And so, and the last thing is, if you want to have courage, encourage one another because we stir each other up. We put it into one another. And I want to encourage you to to make sure we do that. Secondly, another um, clear quality of our Anzac Shan was mateship or teams. John 15, 12, Mary Lynn read this at communion. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. And there's incredibly great power in unity and teamwork. And we've seen anyone who's served in the armed forces, for the first few weeks, all they do is get a marching and you watch them the first day, they're all recruits, they can't march in time and, and they don't want to take orders. Why do they get them marching so much? So they can learn teamwork, obey orders, and they can then learn the power of doing stuff in unity. And sometimes as Christians, we don't understand the power of working together. We say, oh, the Spirit said me to do this and that. Sometimes I'm not sure whether it's the Holy Spirit or our own spirits. But God wants us to be a disciplined army working together to love, to care, to pray for and see people set free. And I thank God for the transformations. There's some discipline in that organization. You've got to do what you're told, hey? And that's hard for us sometimes. But as believers, God wants us to do what the Spirit tells us to do and to build that sense of team and mateship and doing it together. Thirdly, there was great sacrifice. Unselfishness is shown by anyone who has served our country. And uh, to have a love for God and, and a love for people, love will find a way. Captain William McKenzie a Salvation Army chaplain from Bundaberg in the First World War led over 3,000 soldiers to the Lord during that war. (coughs) Some of you have read his story, Fighting Mackenzie, written by Cole Stringer, and I've read it several times. Every time I read it, I get stirred up again. He was a guy who was a farmer outside of Bundaberg, and uh, he had praying parents, and he was brought up in Sunday school, then he wandered off, and then as a young man, his parents kept praying, and one night, out on the farm, a voice from heaven said, get up, get into the Salvation Army in Bundaberg, and get your life sorted out with God. It was like an audible voice, so he did what he was told. He went and got his life sorted out, and then he became a Salvation Army officer. He was obviously spirit-filled, because he used to go out and plant churches around Australia, and often, there goes the jet, often when he was... uh, preaching people would fall down under the power of God um, in, uh, in his meetings so he was a spirit-led man and, he, and his story says that at least six times when he was on the war front carrying and a chaplain that the spirit of God would tell him move now and as he moved the shell would land where he was he said at least six times his life was saved because the spirit of God protected him and so this guy led so many there he is he led so many people 
to God. And when he came back from the war, over 7,000 people turned out in Melbourne and they filled the largest auditorium there to welcome him home because he'd touched so many thousands of people's lives. He wrote thousands of letters to uh, families that their sons uh, had been injured or killed. He did their funerals and he just shared Jesus. He ended up going as a missionary with his wife to China for many years after that. His story is an incredibly powerful story. So you want something that will stir your heart, read that book and it will really stir your heart. And uh, there were 414 chaplains in the First World War. And uh, we found out this week that they still give an award to Defence Force chaplains and it's called the 414 Award in memory of the 414 chaplains. I never knew that. And we uh, heard one of the uh, Defence Force chaplains, a lovely lady, and she received that award just recently. She's a spirit-filled Christian. And so they still give that award out into Defence Force chaplains today in memory of the chaplains. So that's a side of um, war history you don't see a, read a lot about, but it's very powerful what happened. And they gave out thousands of Bibles. He used to hold great big meetings and uh, often they'd be singing so loud the enemy could hear them, but sometimes they didn't shoot when they heard them singing about God. And so there's amazing stories in that um, whole uh, story there. And the fourth thing, there's many other things, but they had endurance. Soldiers, the Anzacs had incredible endurance through terrible weather conditions and suffering and pain. They just refused to give up. And I see some, some Aussies today, we give up too easily. We get a few knockbacks, but you've got to persevere. If you want to, it says, the he that endures the end will be saved. And we need to have more people with some perseverance, stickability. If God gives you a vision, a dream, don't give up until it comes to pass. And I believe God wants to stir our hearts. Hebrews 10.35 says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. And I believe that God has called us to fight the good fight of faith. And uh, I believe I just want to stir your hearts today that we can take some of these incredible qualities, as many others that you can read about. But we had courage, mateship, sacrifice, and endurance was uh, some of the qualities. 1 Timothy 6.12, the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith in the conflict with evil. Take hold of the eternal life to which you are called and for which you made the good confession of faith in the presence of many witnesses. So God's calling us fight the good fight. It's not a bad fight. Fight the good fight of faith. And we are soldiers in the army of God. And God wants to stir your hearts today to remember that we are in a battle and we need to fight the good fight of faith. Don't be passive. When you see strongholds, let's fight the fight in prayer and with words of hope and truth into us, in our situation. 2 Timothy 2, 3, 4 says, Overcome every form of evil as a victorious soldier of Jesus, the Anointed One. That's why I love that second song we sang today, that God wins the victory, that He wants us to be there as partnering. Sometimes God will bring the victory supernaturally, 
Many times when you pray for a breakthrough, guess what? He'll speak to your heart and he'll get you to partner with him to see the victory come, to see your relatives come to Christ, to see that sickness broken, <coughs> Excuse me, to see those needs met in the mighty name of Jesus. So it says, For every soldier called to active duty must divorce himself from the distractions of this world so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. So when you're in the physical army, you can't do other business and pursuits on the side. And God says, you need to be focused. You don't leave your family um, and uh, leave your career unless God tells you to. But we live out. We're not unnecessarily distracted when we're a soldier of Jesus Christ to give our hearts and lives to him. 1 Timothy 1.18, Paul writes to Timothy, says, So Timothy, my son, I'm entrusting you with this responsibility in keeping with the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life and are now in the process of fulfillment in this great work of ministry, in keeping with the prophecies spoken over you. With this encouragement, use your prophecies as weapons as you wage spiritual warfare by faith and with a clean conscience. When God gives you a scripture, a promise, a prophecy, a dream or a vision, He says use the truth of that as a fighting weapon. When the enemy tries to stop you and push you back from standing up and believing for your whole household to get saved, don't step back saying, God's given me a promise. He's given me a scripture. He's given me a prophetic vision and word. That's so God will put rocket fuel in your soul so that you won't be intimidated and give up. And there are times when I pull out the prophecies and the promises that God's given me. Right from when I was a young person, I've got written out dozens of prophecies and, and promises and scriptures. I've got about 15 pages of them. And every now and then I pull them out and read right through them. And by the end of it, I'm ready to take on the world again. I might have been discouraged or tired or a bit distracted. thinking, How's this going to work? But God just stirs your heart and says, yes, I've promised that. Let's believe for it and not give up. So God stirs our hearts. He's called us to fight the good fight of faith, not to fight other people. The devil gets you fighting people. The Lord gets you fighting the fight of faith. And the things that rob our faith of fear and intimidation and deception and all those things, we fight the good fight of faith. Says, no, we're not going to give in. We're not going to give up. We're going to believe and fight the, until we see the victory come to pass. And God's called us to fight that fight. I love Judges 8.15. It says, When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. He was afraid, terrified of the enemy, overwhelmed. And the angel comes, Rise up, mighty warrior. And what's Gideon do? Looks around and says, You've got the wrong guy. Checks with the angel, Are you sure you've got the right address and the right person? God doesn't miss his messages for us. He doesn't get our prayers mixed up. That's good, eh? Seven billion people nearly on the planet. He doesn't get your prayers mixed up. The answers come at the right time in the right way. But he stirred up Gideon and said, come on, rise up, mighty warrior. He was terrified and afraid of the Midianites. And I believe God stirred up some people. Come on, rise up, mighty warrior. Some of you are um, maybe older and 60s or 70s or 80s and you think oh I'm finished you're never finished while you're still breathing God's got work for you to do someone's too young 
Timothy was thought, I'm too young to be a pastor. He was pastoring a church possibly of thousands of people. And some of the older people said, you're too young. We're not going to listen to you. So Paul says, hey, don't let them tell you you're too young. Don't let them tell you you're too old. Don't let them tell you you're too inexperienced. Don't let them tell you you're not qualified enough. Because with the Spirit of God within you, if He's given you the call, He will then equip you on the journey. Remember, He says, wherever you go. So when you get up and go, that's when God will anoint you and equip you. And I feel today God's stirring up people of all ages to say, come on, rise up mighty warriors in the army of God because there's great victories to be won. Our nation needs to be won back to the kingdom of God. We need to fight the, the enemies of suicide and, and domestic violence and so much brokenness and, and addictions and strongholds everywhere around us. We need to see the army of God stand up and be led by the Spirit together to see the victories. And let's not back off, but let's stand up. Some of you have heard the story, 800 Anzac horsemen charged and conquered Beersheba on the 31st of October 1917 that opened the way for the release of Jerusalem from many centuries of oppression and cruel rule from other countries. The Anzacs and their horses were desperate for water from the wells of Beersheba or they would die of thirst within a couple of days in the desert. 800 horsemen in a very dangerous mission charging across six kilometers of open ground against a very heavily fortified city and army and only 32 men died on this decisive victory. What courage. One of the horsemen jokingly said that once the thirsty horses could smell the water in the distance that they just charged and the men just had to hang on. And that's probably what happened. <laughs> hang on until they got there. But how amazing that. So Australia has significantly blessed the Jews and the nation of Israel and God has promised to bless those who bless Israel. And I look around and see Australia has thankfully suffered way less from COVID than most other nations. And uh, with a Christian prime minister and so many things happening, there's a great battle on for the heart and soul of our nation. But folks, God is blessing our nation. And it's a blessed country financially and in so many ways with a great health system. There's always things can improve, but we are a blessed country. I, uh, next Sunday, we're going to show a personal video from Pastor Abraham. And India is in terrible crisis. You've seen on the news the last few days, they had well over 200,000 new cases. And it is just in terrible crisis where they're running out of oxygen and people are dying on the streets now and they've got, they, they got no more hospital beds and they're in the corridors, they're out in the car park, they're in cars and they're trying to keep people alive. We need to pray for our nation. So next Sunday we're going to show a 10-minute video that Pastor Abram sent us thanking us for our prayer and support and uh, we're going to take a special offering to bless the nation of India just to encourage them. And we need to pray for many nations around the world and thank God for our nation and one of the reasons for God's blessing is because we've been willing to be courageous and we've been willing to stand up for those that are in brokenness and need all over the world. And uh, even our Defence Force have gone to many peacekeeping missions and uh, conflicts around the world the last hundred or more years when they didn't necessarily have to be there but because they wanted to relieve suffering and bring freedom. And that still happens today. And I thank God for our nation, that same courageous spirit 
is still alive. We are the great south land of the Holy Spirit. Let the Spirit stir us and let's live with with prayer and faith and compassion and all that we do. We need to rise up in the life and power of the Holy Spirit, destroy the enemies that are stopping many people from receiving the love and life of Christ for lives today. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power, dunamis, dynamite, when the Holy Spirit comes and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We need to have that courage and a willingness to fight for our freedom. Spiritual warfare by confronting darkness and the evils in our nation. Pray, stand up, speak up, live a life that loves God and loves people. And I believe too often we're too passive and God says, come on, let's step up and do what we can. He often uses the people of faith and local churches to win victories. And we heard amazing stories. We heard uh, uh, from uh, Planet Shakers Church in the middle of the COVID down there. God stirred the, uh, Russell Evans, the pastor of the church. Before COVID hit, they had a small feeding program and God says, you need to ramp this up. We need to be able to feed at least 2,000 a week. And so they ramped it up and then weeks later, COVID hit. So they, they had one small feeding center and they set up five in their different city campuses before COVID hit. They didn't know what was coming. And so when it came... They were able to step up and start to feed thousands of people. Over the COVID in Melbourne, which was in total lockdown, they served over a million meals across their city and became the major, the largest feeding program in the city. And it came because the pastor heard from God and the people stepped up and said, let's go. So when they're all in lockdown, the pastors and most of the volunteers, yeah, give God praise, they could still travel all over the city to this place when everyone else was in lockdown because they were classed as essential workers. And they presented the gospel and many people um, have come to Christ as a follow-on of that. And uh, there was a a business guy driving past and saw the lines of people lining up for food. He says, what's happening? And one of the leaders just shouted out, "We're, we're feeding the people. This guy turned around, came back. He was a CEO of a large company and yeah, McCain's, the vegetable place, they donated $1.2 million worth of food to them. Said, here, you distribute that. I thought, so God's favour comes when we just step up. When you just do whatever God tells you to do, He can open doors that are supernatural. And I believe as a church and church across our city and our nation, we're going to see more and more stories like that are going to happen. We heard from one of the chaplains in the uh, uh, fire um, zone and how he was just a um, he was a ambulance chaplain. And it turned out everything happened so fast they had to evacuate the evacuation centre as the fires came. And before long, they said, who's in charge here? And they said, well, you're the one with the uniform, you're in charge. So he was automatically appointed within eight hours to organise all the relief in that whole area. And he was just a, a humble ambulance chaplain who ended up being in charge of everything. And he was a full-on spirit-filled Christian that was sharing at the store, at the conference. God's going to open up doors and place if you're just willing to serve, to love, to care, to share what we have, then we carry the presence of God and God will add us and trust us with more. And I believe that God's given us spheres of influence in our city, the churches here have, and we're going to see more and more opportunities come to touch people for the kingdom of God. And to do that, we need to have his spiritual armor on. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual force of evil in the heavenly realms. 
Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground after you've done everything to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Apostle Paul was seeing these uh, um, Roman soldiers as he was writing. He was probably writing from prison and he was probably chained to some uh, Roman soldiers. So he was just writing what he saw and he'd teach them, hey, come on, let's stand up. Let's stand up and carry the spiritual armour of protection and then the attacking weapons that God has called us to be. I believe that God's called us to be armed and dangerous. He's calling the church to arise in his strength and, and victory and overcome. And I believe that God's going to open our hearts and give you opportunities to break through in prayer, in love, in compassion, using your gifts as doctors and nurses and carers and counsellors. And whatever your sphere of influence is, God's going to stir up his church. You watch what's going to happen in these next months and years. It's going to be the most exciting and challenging adventure. That's why God's getting us free so we can serve. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. So what are our weapons? We've got prayer, the Word of God, God's love and the power of unity, praise and worship, speaking and living the truth, prophecies and the gifts of the Spirit. We need to just live out of them. And you notice most of those weapons come out of your mouth. Apart from love that comes out of your heart, nearly everything else comes out of your mouth. Praise and worship, declaration, the Word of God, prayer, it comes from your heart, out of your mouth and releases uh, the Kingdom of God over our lives. 1 Samuel 17, 45, David said to the Philistine as he came to the giant Goliath, he says, You come against me with sword and spirit and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Here's little David and huge big giant, but he, had, he knew that God was with him. When God's with you, no giant can stop you. And I just want to encourage you, come on, let's step up. Let's not pull back, but let's step up. As we wrap it up today, I love the story in Nehemiah as he had all the people rebuilding the walls. Nehemiah in 4.14 says, When I saw their fear, I stood and said to the nobles and officials and the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. They had, they had enemies there shouting and yelling, Oh, your wall's going to fall over and we're going to come and kill you and destroy you. And every day they were tormented and harassed. As long as the enemy comes and harasses and torments your mind saying, You can't be free. You can't do that. We've got to say, Get lost. Satan, in Jesus' name, God's called me to do this and I will fulfill what he's called me to do. I'm going to raise these kids in the ways of the Lord no matter what the devil tries to do. I'm going to fulfill my destiny and calling no matter what the enemy comes against us with. And I want to encourage you, we can overcome. And then he says, do not be afraid and confidently remember the Lord who is great and awesome and with courage from him, fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives and for your homes 
Wow. Wow. That's what we need to do. As the worship team comes today, I want to encourage you, we need to stand up, not be afraid, and fight for our families. Fight for our homes. Fight for our nation. Come on, let's do it in prayer. Let's do it in love. Let's do it in actions. Let's do it whatever the Holy Spirit leads us to do by His Holy Spirit. And in verse 20 it says, Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, gather to us there, our God will fight for us. Let's stand together today and let's be his army. Let's be his army. No matter what age, how competent or confident you are, God's spirit is within us and we can be soldiers in the army of the living God. And that's what God's called to Let's give him praise today. In, in the army of our God. Jesus already won the victory. The battle belongs to the Lord. Let's partner with him. They had a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other as they rebuilt the walls. Wisdom. God will help us in our journey. So we're reminded today of the Anzac spirit of courage, mateship, sacrifice and endurance. Let us arise and live with these powerful values and qualities in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Let's close our eyes today and let's just thank Him. I want you to take a moment to thank God that we live in this beautiful nation of Australia. Let's thank Him today. Let's thank Him in your hearts and thank you, Jesus, that we live in this beautiful free nation of Australia. Yes, there's battles. Yes, there are challenges. But by your Spirit, we're going to continue to stand up and pray and fight the good fight of faith in our own hearts and minds, for our households, for our children and grandchildren, for our parents and grandparents, we are going to fight the good fight of faith to see them come into the kingdom. We're going to stand for righteousness where there's injustice, where there's corruption. Lord, we pray it will be exposed and dealt with and those strongholds will be torn down. It will demolish the strongholds of addiction and domestic violence and suicide and fear that rules so many households. God, by your Spirit, you will tear them down and we will stand up and declare the victory that is ours in the name of Jesus. There are some people here and you've been called to seasons of prayer and intercession. And I want to encourage you, don't back off from that. You do what God's called you to do. Get with a prayer partner and someone who's called you to press in and give extra time if you've got it because we need to see the battle won in the heavenlies. Some of you are called to show love and demonstrate His kindness in caring and loving for those that are disadvantaged and unfortunate in our community. Do what God's called you to do and show that beautiful love to people. Pour it out. Don't step back. Let's step up in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to pray for a spirit of courage over all of our lives. We all need extra courage. Some of you, it's personal battles, overcoming addictions, sickness, intimidation from those in your household that aren't Christians, rejection and fear. Some of you in your workplaces or schools or universities, you are becoming increasingly targeted or persecuted because you're a Christian. And that's a battle. I want to pray for courage over your life. You'll have wisdom to know how to stand up and be strong. 
Why don't we reach up to heaven? Let's pray for courage. I want to pray for you, for courage over everyone here. Some of you, just today, this is a specific cry for courage. For some, it's a general prayer. But let's reach up our hands heaven and say, God, I'm going to believe for more courage to serve you in my family, in my workplace, in our community. Lord, I pray right now for the spirit of courage to fill our lives. Lord, we stand up. We will face our fears. We will love people. We will not fight people. But Lord, we would fight against the strongholds of darkness and, and fear and intimidation and deception that tries to take over our families, over our kids, over our communities. In Jesus' name, we declare that you are Lord. Lord, we lift up the banner of the name of Jesus Christ over our land. Lord, we declare today on Anzac Day that you are Lord and freedom is ours in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray you'd give us all courage to share your love and your truth. Lord, we would fulfil the ministry and calling that you've given us, Lord. Our relationships and our sphere of influence will be filled with your presence and your grace and your power. And I thank you for supernatural breakthroughs. I thank you for amazing things will happen. Lord, as we are just available, give us courage to obey what you've called us to do. There's some people here, God's given you some dreams. He's given you words of knowledge. He's given you prophetic insight. And some of you say, well, I'm too scared to do it. Get with someone else, do it in a team and do what God's called you to do. Come and connect with us as leaders and we'll find ways by the Spirit of God to fulfill His purpose over our church. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.